This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7. We're talking travel. I'm Jane Klein and Sally Lucas joins us again today to take us to some great places and to think about travelling. And today, Sally? Yes, I think, well, today I thought we'd talk about what motivates all of us to travel, you know, and I think... For us in Australia, I guess distance is one of the big things. We are so far away from the rest of the world in general terms, you know, with the exception of New Zealand and probably New Guinea and Bali and so on. But other than that, we want to explore, I feel, and a lot of us have heritage from either Europe or England. And I guess our first big trip for most Australians is still to head off to Europe. But it doesn't matter where it's to, something motivates us to travel. And there's different reasons for that. And I know yours is probably walking. So yours is, say, an adventure adventure or walking, you know. So that's one of your motivational things for you to travel, to, to be able to walk these trails in different countries. But some people do it, well, for sheer pleasure, um, to discover more about themselves, which I think is a good thing because we're so isolated here, we're often a little bit ignorant of how the other half lives. Um, to make life more meaningful and to better understand the world is another good reason for travelling. Some people seek something sacred, like they might want to go to Lourdes or they might want to follow the footsteps of the 14th century pilgrims and who only did it with a walking stick and a satchel and crossed Europe you know, to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And there's a lot of people are doing that now. Simply, some people just want to get away from it all. You know, which is another nice thing to do as well, and even just relaxation. So there's lots of reasons, and I, I was just reading a couple of funny stories, which I'll just share one with you or two. Apparently in Nepal, when Peter Hillary was doing one of his famous ascents on Everest, you know, he's there with all the U-Butte, you know, camping gear, equipment, all that sort of stuff, and a female loaded with gold and high heels teetered past and sort of said, Ah, oh, where are you going? And he said, Oh, I'm going... To Everest tomorrow. She said, oh, great, you'll love it. We were there yesterday. <laughs> I think not. But anyway, <laughs> and, the, and there's another, I mean, some travellers don't travel well, as we all know that. And there was an American woman in Siena complaining because they had siesta. Because she said, don't they want my American money, you know? So, damn it, they're not going to get it because they're not open. Little does she know that's, that's such an important part of European culture is to have that siesta and have that time of day, you know, and that's their main meal of the day. And then, you know, they have a rest, they go back to work and so on. So, yeah, there's, there's interesting things you come across when you're travelling as well. Now, what's your motivation out there in the listening world? I don't know. Is it seeking knowledge, visiting friends or family, history, culture, art, relaxation, adventure? There's all sorts of reasons, but it all begins with the anticipation. That is just as important to me as the actual trip itself. It's that excitement, anticipation, the build-up. And the more you um, are prepared and well-informed, the more you will get out of your holiday. I think it's a very important thing to do, and there's lots of websites you can go on to and find information, pour over books, read, listen to people, take things on board, watch some of the TV shows, you know, on, on travel, which gives you a lot of information as well. And if the more you plan, the more you're actually going to get out of that holiday. It's really important. Um, and also think of the time of year you travel to destinations. You know, don't just go out and not even think about what the weather's going to be like, because that could spoil your holiday. And crowds... You know, there's no fewer than 220 million people visit Europe every year. And most of them go in July and August. So don't go in July and August. Plus, it's awfully hot. 
you know, and it's often more expensive. So, you know, go a month or two either side of that where you're still going to get some nice weather, but it won't be as crowded and it won't be as hot. So any destination you're going to, you can find a website and look up what the weather's going to be like. Think about um, public holidays. Are you going to be in a city when things are shut? That's terribly important. If you arrive somewhere and the museums are closed, the art galleries are closed, you know, and you think, but that's just what I wanted to see. You know, so you've got to do a lot of planning. Um, check when, as I said, major attractions are on that you want to see, theatre, whatever it may be. And then start preparing your actual self for the trip as far as passport, do I have one, number one, if not obtain one. Secondly, if you have one, check that it's valid and valid for at least six months beyond your return date into Australia. Otherwise, you, you it's not valid. Um, in some countries, they won't let you in unless your passport is valid for more than six months beyond your return date. Copy everything. And also, are visas required, for example? You know, do I need a visa? Um, health requirements, of course. Um, you need to check on the destination whether there's any vaccinations or tablets or anything that are necessi- a necessity to take or whether it's a recommendation. Um, insurance. Um, before you go, even think about, are we, have we got any elections here? Do I need to vote? Um, tidying up your own home, you know, having someone collect mail or have it readdressed to a post office, you know, making sure things are checked, gardens, watered, pets looked after, all those obvious Bills things. Bills paid too. Bills paid, yes, that's another thing as well. Currency needs, of course. And in the, in these days, really, the TravelX passport card is becoming cash card, the real easy way of carrying your money. So you're not worrying about safety and security of your own credit card and you're not worrying about cashing travellers' checks. So, but, I mean, obviously you can get advice on that. The other thing that's quite interesting, which some people may not be aware, that Medicare has some reciprocal health care arrangements in other countries. Um, so take your Medicare card with you. Some of those are um, Finland, Italy, Norway, Ireland... Malta, the Netherlands, um, New Zealand, Sweden and the UK, but it doesn't actually cover for like urgent medical attention, just if you needed to see a doctor type situation. Um, and you can go onto a medicareaustralia.gov.au website if you want to check on that. And remember, you've still got Smart Traveller with one T. Don't put two T's in. It's all just as one word. SmartTraveller.gov.au gives you all sorts of information on passports, visa requirements, any warnings, etc. Um, and also... People often say, why use a travel agent? And I just thought I'd just give all us travel agents a little bit of a plug here. Obviously, a little point A, B, I can understand people go on the net and do that sort of thing. But number one, we've usually got a a wealth of experience we want to share with our customers, and that's what we love doing. Um, Also, we can organise complex itineraries and round-world tickets, which you really cannot do on the internet. It would be be a minefield. And also, as our AFTA web uh, organisation Australia says, without a travel agent, you're on your own. That's our motto. So if you book something on the internet and you get to the hotel and they've never heard of you, haven't got your money, who are you going to ring? Nobody. But if you've got a travel agent, you have a contact and a backup. And, of course, we also give advice, re-visas, health insurance and all these other information. So, yeah, plan is is important. Um, As much as you can plan, lots of wonderful websites that we can always give people if if they need them to research for themselves as well. Because I think we, we will help, we will assist, obviously, but what you research yourself is important also. So now we've planned our holiday, we've got ready for it, we'll go and take a look at a couple of countries in Europe, I believe, Sally. You're listening to 2NURFM 103.7 and thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas, we're heading off to Europe for just to sample a country or two. Well, yes, and I think, Jane, do you have a special 
spot anywhere? Oh, lots of special spots. So you're going back to any special spots? Always go back to special spots. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, France, what conjures up in your mind when you think of France? Oh, I think of the the grandeur of Paris and I think of the wonderful countryside and being able to just hop in and have a nice little meal in a restaurant in the country and watch the people. Yeah, which is a wonderful thing, isn't it? The people watching, that just that sitting. And you've got to give yourself time to do that. Um, getting back to what we we're saying about planning and itinerary, you know, try not to do a cook's tour. You know, do it slowly as you can. Try not to do all the countries. Pick the eyes out of the ones you really want to see. Discuss it with your partner or travelling companion and just pick the eyes out of it and think of a second trip. We all deserve more than one trip to Europe, and that's for sure, because there is so much to see. I mean, Paris, obviously, the Eiffel Tower. I mean, if people think of Australia, they think of the Opera House. And so, I guess a lot of countries have their icon that attracts someone there. But Paris is quite a beautiful city, I think. And also, it's not as expensive as people may think. I was only talking to someone recently who went last Christmas with children and booked an apartment. She couldn't get over how reasonable it was to eat and go into the supermarkets and get a really nice bottle of Sancerre, which costs us about $30 a bottle here, which you can pick up there for next to nothing and some lovely little things to eat. So this is the beauty of Europe, in particular France. I mean, food is such an important part of their life. Um, and, and it's it's good food, though. You know, they, they won't suffer bad food. And you very rarely would get a bad meal in France. And as you said, the countryside, like the area we went to, the Lot Valley, it is just so spectacular. And you don't see one piece of graffiti, one piece of rubbish in a street in these little beautiful little villages, you know, living life as they always have, just walking down with a baguette under their arms, as you would expect in France. And this is really what you do see. Um, but again, avoid going in that really hot time of the year. It's not a good time to go. And, you know, people get crotchety and cranky as we do in, in hot weather it's not it's not the nicest time to visit anywhere really i don't think um paris of course is famous for all sorts of things as we said i mean from the country right through to its beautiful mountains to to paris which is a wonderful city and of course people who want to go to the battlefields of course is a, a, a thing to honor the, the our past losses but we've got some beautiful areas in france and like unesco world heritage list we've got the loire valley which has got so many stunning castles or chateaus if we like you know and of course you've got your barging your wonderful canals in france so it offers so much but then again you know so does italy you look at what italy's got to offer you know um it's beautiful as well i mean venice to me i I just love venice but again you'd never go there in summer it's a unique city the way it's built on its canals and, and river systems and you find all these little pockets you know just to go into and you know it's it's named for i think italy is is it il bel paese which means the beautiful country um and there's cheese called that too, isn't it? Bel Paese. Mm, there is indeed. I think, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Rome is one of the greatest cities, of course, because it was dubbed um, the capital of the world once, built on seven hills, and its history goes way, way back. And, of course, Florence is synonymous with art, and, you know, Michelangelo, and it's just all history. And then you've got the beautiful Amalfi Coast, um, Naples, and getting out to Sorrento, and getting down to Sicily, you know, or the Ligurian Coast, the, the Cinque Terre, those beautiful villages perched you know, in the hills on the west coast of Italy. So there's also many varied reasons and different ways you can do it, like whether you want to do some walks as you do, whether you want to hire a car, which is quite a good way of travelling around, even though you've got to get used to the other side of the road. But these days with GPS now, you know, it's it's not so difficult anymore. Everything's becoming easier for us to do. Um, you can hike, you can walk, you can cycle, you can barge, you can go on a coach tour. You know, all these different options available in so many parts of Europe. And it's just such a wealth of 
wonderful culture and history. You just want to sit there and soak it all up. You know, it's I just love it. You know, it's it's just one of my favourite parts of the world to this day. Even though I love others, I, I do have a very soft spot for Europe and France in particular. But oh, I hope that gives everyone a little touch to get out there and just explore. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again on 2NURFM next Friday after the 1 o'clock news here on Easy Listening 103.7.